Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022. Today on the Ether, Akash Weekly with Greg Asuri featuring George Jeckner from Yieldmost. Let's take a listen. Hey everyone, welcome and thanks for jumping into today's Akash Weekly Twitter Spaces. I'm Nadia Bajuelo, Community Events Manager here at Overclock Labs. I hope everyone here now or listening in later is having a great morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever it is that you're joining us from. Before diving into today's spaces, I want to thank you guys for being a part of the Akash community. You guys sent in AMA questions ahead of time on Telegram this week. You continue to share about your experiences deploying your nodes on Akash and the savings you're enjoying. Some of you are writing up killer threads on Twitter in support of Akash. Guys, keep deploying, keep writing guides, keep spreading the word. Thank you so much. You can get involved right now by tapping on those emojis during this call and by sending questions for today's conversation. We already have some, actually. Get your questions in on today's spaces by requesting to speak. We'll then bring you up so you can ask your question. But once on stage, we do ask that you please remain on mute and we'll call on you when it's your turn. If you can't unmute, No worries, reply to the pinned tweet that you see right above my profile picture at the top of the spaces room with your question. Before we hand it off to Greg, here are a few things for you guys to check out during the week. Tomorrow, Thursday, August 4th at noon Pacific, join us for an AMA on Telegram for the chance to get to know Akash Validator Citadel 1 and 300 AKT for best question asked. Find the link to the question submission form here on Twitter or over on Telegram. Then come back Friday for a quiz on Telegram. For that, we'll have a 200 AKT prize pool with five winners. Join our community on Discord and look out for quizzes there every Tuesday. This coming Tuesday, we'll have a 200 AKT prize pool and five winners. I also want to give a warm welcome to our newest insider, Demokis. Congratulations and welcome, Demokis. If you have, um, if you also want to become an insider and spread the word about Akash, help the project grow, learn about becoming an Akash insider at akash.network slash community. And I see some of our insiders here on this call. Welcome, guys. For those of you who have an idea for a project on Akash, join our grant program. For details, check out our YouTube video on Akash Accelerator. And while you're there, take a look at our latest video on use cases to get your ideas flowing. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Last, we're hiring and Greg will fill you in on that in a bit. With that, let's get started with today's spaces. First, Greg will take it away for updates. After updates, we'll give you guys a full introduction to our guest, George Deckner, CEO of Yieldmost. I'll be asking George to tell us about Yieldmost as well as his experience with Akash and future plans. 
We'll then kick off a panel discussion on DeFi and decentralization in Web3 before wrapping up with an AMA with Greg. Our episode today does discuss DeFi, but guys, remember, this is a community call and discussion. It's not financial advice, so as always, do your own research. We'll talk to George just after updates, but right now, let's hand it off to the man of the hour and CEO of Overclock Labs, Greg Osuri. Take it away, Greg. Thank you, Nadia. Uh, hello, everyone. Before we get into our weekly updates, I want to take a moment to really sympathize with, with people that lost a lot of money this week. Uh, a lot of them are just innocent people. They have not been engaging in any in, in, in trades. Most of them haven't touched their wallets in months. Um, and, uh, you know, woke up yesterday to realize their funds are gone. It's really unfortunate. Um, so there are two uh, major hacks uh, and one possibly related hack. Uh, the first one was the Nomad attack, which was a obvious uh, bridge attack. It's uh, you know, it's one of those another hundred million, almost a two hundred million dollar um, exploit. And this was a little different exploit in the sense that uh, the attacker shared the exploit publicly, and it was some sort of a mob attack that everybody started, you know, exploiting and, and started uh, withdrawing funds. If you are one of them, I would highly suggest returning the funds if, if it's not your money and uh, you're doing a service uh, to your fellow kryptonites, you know. And once you steal money, there is no going back. It's sort of like it haunts you for your life. Right? So, so please return the funds if you, uh, you know, exploited the, the vulnerability. And second big attack happened with our friends at Solana. Uh, this seems to be a very sophisticated attack. It's a supply chain attack, we call it. Um, so it looks like some of the libraries, uh, primarily on iOS, hot wallets, and there's some indication on uh, Android as well, are being hacked. So the attacker was able to inject uh, malicious code within the libraries that these uh, app, these wallets are built, the Phantom wallet on the mobile. None of the hot cold wallets are affected. That means if you if your uh, you know tokens are on a ledger, you're okay. This sort of like um, emphasizes the importance of having open source software. I'm a big, uh, I mean, I you know everything. Everything we do at Akash is Overclock Labs is, is open source for the most part, especially anything that touches uh, funds of users. And the reason for that is you need that open auditability uh, in order for you to be secure. Closed source networks are inherently, closed source uh, systems are inherently faulty. And Phantom Wallet, there is this just this, this practice in... Uh, uh, in, in our crypto, that all the wallets are closed source, which is very, very uh, frustrating and and very insecure. So I, you know, I hope we take this lesson and open source our, our own, you know, ecosystem. I feel like Kepler should be able to open source their wallets. Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, Cosmos Station, all of them should open source their wallets for better, you know, auditability. This could have been avoided if people uh, were, you know, researchers especially were aware of the source code that made into these wallets 
uh, at least you know uh, we help them patch these uh, these vulnerabilities, right? So it's really unfortunate. Uh, this is this is a supply chain level attack, and there's another attack that uh, seem to be related. There are about thirty five thousand repositories in, on GitHub that uh, where the attackers were inserting malicious code within package updates. So like NPM packages can run arbitrary code um, in, uh, in, in using hooks uh, for the, uh, in the, uh, what do you call packages on, right? Or the, uh, so one of the configurations in that, in that, in that hook, people were able to inject, um, you know, data extraction uh, logic to post like sensitive information from one's computer, like, um, you know, information stored in environment fields, files like, you know, your keys, your location of the keys, your, uh, you know, if your keys are stored as un unencrypted on your on your local, uh, you know, uh, desktop, they could be exported out to a URL. If the keys are an environment variable, they could be exported out. Uh, you know, there's a lot of like crazy, sophisticated uh, attack that's happening, right? So, be very, very careful. Uh, it's it's really, I mean, it's nothing, it's not Solana protocol's fault. It's the wallets that are closed source and had very little scrutiny on packages that these, uh, that their developers are importing and somebody messed up somewhere. So just be very, very, uh, very, very, like when you're using a hardware wallet, be extra, be a, 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 a third party wallet, be extra careful if it's closed source. I always use a hardware wallet. With that, moving on to um, you know uh, the cross ecosystem. As usual, we have been getting pretty pretty decent press, and there's a, quite a lot of uh, you know uh, uh, articles people are writing. Uh, one is uh, Cryptopedias, wrote a beautiful piece on um, you know talking about you know closed source. You know the the same vulnerability. Could be extended to the cloud as well, right? So, Amazon Web Services uh, is the number one host for crypto today. It's fully closed source. It's fully opaque. We have no idea what's happening underneath the hood. We have no idea if there's a zero day attack like what happened recently with the Solana wallets. We have no idea if there is a, you know, censorship related attack. Right? There's there's so many things that could go wrong in a closed source system, and Web three relying on the systems is not okay. Right, we're just waiting for a bomb to happen, and I don't want to know what happens when sixty percent of the Ethereum network is attacked uh, because they were vulnerable for a zero day on on Amazon. Right, so uh, the, this article really gets into the importance of a single uh, reliance on a single host, uh, and and the reason why we we built a Akash as a network of different hosts and different providers is to precisely avoid this single point of failure, right? So Akash's design is essentially a distributed cloud uh, that's powered by a global network of providers uh, that deliver value in a non-custodial and permissionless way. Uh, the open nature of uh, Akash really enables rapid, uh, uh, rapid iteration, right? Rapid iteration by a growing system of developers. Akash is now being developed by several companies, um, uh, you know, uh, that the complement uh, overclock labs, right? So, and as we get more adoption, as we get more uh, folks, you know, joining the ecosystem, 
uh, contributing to the growth of Akash Network and having that sort of like uh, visibility and transparency and auditability in the code is very important to build secure systems, right? So this uh, gets into the, the the whole notion of why you should not have a single uh, company have so much power over a, a decentralized network. And also, we also know the outages, right? Amazon goes down a lot. I mean, last year alone, 2021, they went down 113 times. You know, before that, uh, 2022, 124 times, right? I have this open source repo that gets into like how many times Amazon went down, but yet we still seem to embrace it. Uh, you know, so that needs to change. And this uh, article really gets into the importance of uh, not relying on a single host. Coin Telegraph really uh, wrote a beautiful piece on um, on storage market, but they highlighted the fact that the uh, birth of the decentralized cloud market, uh, and and uh, and the author uh, Rachel Olson gets into how Akash is, uh, you know, serving this new decentralized uh, revolution, the the computing revolution. And how one of our big users research is using Akash, right? It's beautiful to see, uh, you know, a use case and the CEO of research talking about how they like Akash and how their community uh, should embrace this decentralized cloud uh, to empower research. And research has, is one of the most widely used search engines. They have about 150 million active monthly active users. And uh, pre-search running on a cache means those users running on a cache, right? This is an amazing, um, amazing feat of recognition by the CEO of a, you know, a major, highly usable uh, product, crypto product, a Web3 product, uh, and talking publicly uh, about how they use a cache. And I have, I have no idea if this was going to happen. The, the, uh, the journalists went directly to pre-search. I have no idea. They didn't ask us for introduction. They went directly. And this is the kind of organic press and organic adoption we're looking for. And if you remember my thesis was like during a bear market, we get less noise and more signal, right? So real fundamentals are you know, showing up. The press is the first one to pick up these fundamentals and talk about them, right? Instead of talking about meme coins or, or you know, crazy NFT floors or all these you know, exuberant, uh, spending or exuberant uh, things that that the crypto bull markets create um, uh, you know are being uh, replaced by real value organic press organic usage people are talking about what is fundamentally driving this revolution right and infrastructure is delivering right so it's very very important uh, to keep in mind our our activities that we do in over the next few months because bull markets will come back Right. The question is, what do we do during this bear market when we have a great opportunity to capture the mind share from the uh, crypto? Uh, you know, the 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 people that stay in crypto now are the ones that have been in crypto for a long time. We have the tourist class leave uh, during this crash. They'll come back later, but the tourists left. The permanent stood, and those people need to recognize the importance of uh, the decentralized compute and through press and through these adoption stories is how they how they find out. So uh, we got to encourage more people to talk about how they're using Akash, especially to press. press. And I uh, highly recommend you check it out. And there was also, and if you want to really understand the difference between uh, cloud storage and cloud computing, uh, I highlighted in my last, uh, last spaces, uh, we posted a link to our Twitter, uh, in our Twitter thread to that, uh, to that to that uh, segment of my uh, my last uh, spaces for you to go check it out. 
Um, and uh, there's a beautiful like uh, uh, package of, of a really cool integration with Terraform. So Terraform, for those of you who don't know, uh, Terraform is the number one orchestrator for multi-cloud applications. So Terraform is a software built by HashiCorp. It's a it's one of my favorite softwares. One of the softwares that that, that actually made me learn Go language seven years ago. Uh, it allows you to orchestrate. That means deploy your applications across Amazon or Microsoft or uh, Google in a very simple way. I think it's used by ninety percent of the cloud orchestrators today. So it's a very popular, very widely used tool, uh, and the, uh, and we have an integration where where you can deploy your applications using Terraform onto Kash. This is a very big feat uh, of engineering, right? It's done by a community member. It's not done by a core team member, which is amazing because they felt the need to use Akash as an alternative, if not a uh, a, a to siphon some of their infrastructure onto Akash, right? <clears throat> and this is a very a very important uh, moment because. You know, when we go to larger companies, uh, when we ask them to move their infrastructure over to Akash, well, they're going to look at us in a skeptical way because, you know, they're used to Amazon, they're used to a lot of these, uh, you know, cloud infrastructure and they're invested in them. So uh, that's a big gas. So instead, what we like to do is to convince them to move some of their infrastructure, you know, maybe non-critical infrastructure. Maybe you can move your developer environment or CI/CD pipelines or just to get a taste of Akash first, right? Once you get a taste of Akash, then you can move your other infrastructure. So for us to be able to do that smoothly, you need to be integrated into their systems. So a Terraform integration means they can simply write a small, small script and they can take small pieces of the infrastructure and put it on Akash very, very easily without having to go through like all these learning curves and you know, uh, you know, waste the investments they made in Terraform and all that. So this is a really amazing integration that I'm super excited about. We're going to start seeing more of like bigger use cases, bigger enterprises slowly siphoning their uh, you know uh, infrastructure, and we can have our sales team go actively uh, you know uh, encourage folks to like, hey, use this integration, right? So I'm very very happy of this integration. And there's a forum post um, on our on our forum. That talks about uh, how to the the talks about this um, um, <clears throat> the, uh, the this plugin and how to use it, right? So it's still in the development, but it's it's in a usable way. Um, we have a lot of our amazing community members. We 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 have uh, Pavel, uh, I believe he uh, deployed uh, sign network nodes onto Akash, right? And he's paying eight dollars a month. Uh, which is amazing, right? $8 a month for running a fully full-fledged validator node is just ridiculously low, right? More people are going to realize that and things are happening. Every week, somebody is deploying something, right? Uh, Alter, uh, Alter Dapp is, uh, has, uh, has tweeted out saying that uh, they're doing quite a lot of uh, projects on Akash, right? Um, uh, check them out. I think that the the alter uh, uh, alter DAP is sort of like their the the DAO that manages this hyper secret uh, email uh, messaging uh, protocol. I'm really excited to uh, to host uh, amazing, you know, highly private optimized privacy optimized software in Dokash. Um, and uh, we saw you know uh, our really good uh, community member Tyborg uh, get into. Uh, the nature, <clears throat> the security uh, landscape, right? 
uh, with Nomad and, and you know, <clears throat> and, uh, the, the Nomad, which is a bridge, essentially, and the Harmony Protocols uh, hack as well that happened uh, <clears throat> last, last uh, month. Uh, if you look at Nomad, I mean, these are bridges. We, we know the bridges are really insecure. Why? Because your funds are being secured by the bridge, right? They're fundamentally, one of the reasons why I am hyper bullish on Akash, uh, just give me one second. My dog has learned how to howl, so he's, uh, he's on this new howling pattern. I'm going to put him into a room. My apologies. Oh, that's no problem. I'm sure we all have something going on in the background. I definitely have two howlers at my house. Always worried the same thing will happen. He's, he's, he's obsessed with, with howling. <laughs> and um, yeah, so he's, he's kind of adorable, actually. Okay, no more howling now. So um, going back, so we're talking about like the fundamental difference between uh, why we believe, uh, you know, Cosmos IBC is a lot more secure is because the concept really airs, right? Cosmos uh, in the IBC or the interchain, uh, inter-blockchain communication protocol in Cosmos is designed about relaying packets from one blockchain to another blockchain. So the assets are not actually secured by the bridge, but rather the bridge or the relayer here just, just puts packets across, right? Doesn't secure any of the assets. The security of the asset depends on the security of the of the uh, blockchain that either sends the asset or receives the asset, right? So, so for example, if I send tokens from Akash to Osmosis, you know the tokens are first secured by Akash network using the proof of stake uh, scheme, and those tokens are relayed. That means a message is sent uh, using the relayer to uh, Osmosis asking for a transfer of tokens. And the after acknowledgement happens, the tokens get transferred. So there's no sort of like, like you know, once a relayer uh, is relayed, the relayer can die, right? And the assets are still secure, right? So that fundamentally is a lot better uh, than a bridge. The way I would, uh, uh, you know, the way I would like, the best analogy I would give between a relayer and a bridge, I mean, a bridge is just like any bridges that we have on planet Earth. You know, you can, you know, you're, you're, if you say you're sort of like, you know, going from A to B, and if you're stuck on the bridge and the bridge blows up, you're dead. A relayer is more like the transporter in, in Star Wars. You know, you relay from one, one side to another side once, once, you know, and it's really fast and you're done. You know what I mean? So, uh, I think I, don't, I, I think there's a decent analogy, but the point is like it's a lot more secure. Now we don't know, uh, we we know for sure like this bridge type attacks are not possible on IBC. Uh, so I feel as a user a lot more secure. Now that doesn't mean there could be other issues, right? So uh, hopefully there are not going to be any other issues. But ultimately, it comes down to the, a big attack vector I can think about for uh, for uh, Cosmos-based systems is the security of the blockchain itself. Right. A thing you need to notice is how much of the blockchain, uh, uh, a given blockchain, is holding in terms of asset value, and how much is their market cap that get that could secure the asset value. If the TVL is higher than market cap, that means uh, it, theoretically someone can purchase all the tokens uh, and uh, gain a majority share 
on uh, on a blockchain and attack and basically transfer all the tokens uh, you know using is using this majority voting power right so the security really depends uh, is only secure as as much as its market cap as much as the tokens are locked up so be very careful on how much how this how like how many tokens are bonded uh, uh, how many tokens that are circulating are actually bonded and that's the security of that given blockchain, right? So we yet to see an attack uh, at that level, right? So, so far it's been bridge attacks, uh, but we're yet to see an attack where we, uh, we're we going to uh, see a complete proof of stake blockchain take over. Now, is it possible? Is it not possible? I don't know. There's a lot of things that are possible these days, right? So I uh, just keep an eye out. And, uh, and I feel a little safer with Akash because we don't have you know, third-party smart contract, execution risk. We don't secure any assets on chain. We are not a DeFi protocol. Akash really, at the end of the day, is just a coordination protocol. It coordinates a tenant to a provider to uh, uh, to transfer assets, right? And uh, so it's, it's, it's a lot safer in terms of like security profile. But some of the other projects that I worry about are like obviously the DeFi projects that we have hosted. Now it's very, very important uh, to to keep in mind the security is really a resultant of result of the bonded tokens, uh, which is a result of the market cap, right? So uh, that's 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 really uh, the big difference between IBC and, and bridge based stuff. Uh, with that, we are also, you know, concluding. We 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 have still we still have uh, you know um, positions open. We closed most of our positions. Uh, uh, it's amazing. We had ama- all these amazing folks join the company now. Uh, Overclock Labs, I think, I think eight people joined, um, you know, four full-time and four uh, contractors over the last month. We still have VP of marketing we're looking for, and we have senior engineers we're hiring. We're always hiring engineers. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. So uh, check out our careers page, Akasha Network slash careers. Uh, if you know anybody, please refer refer them to us. And uh, with that, I can conclude my spaces. I mean, do we get into questions now, Nadia, or? Oh, we, we're not concluding the spaces, Greg. Oh, my, Actually, my we have my plenty <laughs> more. We have our guest, George, and then um, we had our panel discussion and AMAs. We've got questions already. We'll see what we can do here. Um, but for right now, joining us today is George Deckner, CEO at Yieldmost. George is the CEO of Yieldmost, primarily responsible for strategy and backend development. George has been a crypto enthusiast and a full-stack developer in the traditional finance sector for almost a decade. George was previously an IT consultant in the Chicagoland area for seven years. Welcome, George. How are you today? Uh, Hi, Nadia. Thank you. I'm doing good. How are you guys? Oh, we're good. We're good. And Greg's good. His dog, maybe not so much, but hopefully he's feeling a little better now. <laughs> no, he's good. He was, he was happy howling. He was not sad. Oh, howling. that's fantastic. Oh, I wish my dog happy howled. Um, he found his like squeaky toys and, and I think he responds to a certain frequency. It goes oh. back to the ancient roots. It was kind of adorable. Aww. Um, so, George, um, can you give us a brief overview of what Yieldmost is? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, th- thanks for having me me on, first of all. And, and second of all, I just wanted to reiterate what Greg said about, about you know, um, feel really bad and sad for, for all the hacks that have happened recently. And, and just wanted to echo that if, if you participated in that, you know, do the right thing and give it back. 
And Yulmos, Yulmos is a Yulmos is trying to to bring to market non-custodial solutions. Um, what, what does that mean? We are trying to use a module that came out in December called AuthC to be able to do things on your behalf. Um, claim your staking rewards, delegate them, you know, um, enter pools on osmosis, and then bond them. Um, we have a couple other strategies that, that we sort of have um, planned, and that's sort of the you know, implementation details. But at, at a high level, we're trying to figure out a way to help people earn yield without having to take custody of their funds. So, George, can you tell us a little bit more about what that means? What does non-custodial mean? What does that mean for the person and their funds? Yeah. So what that means is that the that your assets, your funds, your tokens stay in your wallet. They don't get moved to our smart contract. They don't get moved to our wallet. We don't take ownership of, of what's yours. You get to hold on to that ownership. You get to hold on to that custody. And you just delegate certain permissions to us. And we execute those things on your behalf. Awesome. And you're using Otzi to achieve this. Um, I've seen you explain this using a digital file as an example before, and it's a great analogy. Do you mind sharing with us? Sure. Yeah. So like if you, if you think about like a Google Doc um, or a Google Sheet, you can give somebody three different permissions usually, um, viewer only, editor, or owner, right? And with those permissions, they're only able to do the things that are within scope of that permission. If they're a viewer, they're not going to be able to delete the document or edit it, right? If they're an editor, they're not going to be able to delete it, right? The other, the other example that comes to mind that might be a little bit more relevant to crypto is, you know, a check. I hope everybody's familiar with, with how a check, check works, how a checking account works, right? You write a check to somebody and you authorize them to draw that much money from you um, and not a penny more and not a penny less, right? So that's also sort of something that I think we're all might be familiar with that sort of already might be using in our day-to-day -day lives or used to use in our day-to-day -day lives. Yeah, definitely. And I, I still remember checks. Hopefully there's a lot of us that still do. <laughs> so um, what makes yield most different from other auto compounders? Sure. Uh, you're probably referring to Restake. Um, we do support every single validator out there versus with Restake, the validator themselves has to integrate with Restake's stack. We're also branching out to other strategies. Restake currently only supports staking and or claiming your staking rewards and restaking them. Um, we, we also have um, Osmosis Pool LP compounding in Alpha, where we just take you know the balance that's uh, in your wallet and join the pool and then bond it and then provide you know boost in APYs for that. And then we have a few other things on deck as well, being able to move assets in between networks and maybe something with perpetuals and delta neutral type of stuff, but um, we're, we're definitely expanding beyond um, what's currently on the market. And then for those of us with cold wallets, for example, Ledger, when will Ledger support be available? So Ledger wallet is um, not available for anybody that's trying to use Aussie right now uh, because of a bug in the Cosmos SDK. But that actually got fixed in the most recent release of the Cosmos SDK 0.46. Uh, 
now it's up to each individual network to upgrade to that version, which my understanding is because of all the changes in 4.6 and because of the incompatibility with IBC at the moment, that's gonna probably take a little bit of time. So I'd probably expect Cosmos to lead the charge and Cosmos Hub to lead the charge and be the first one, but who knows? I, I wanna be optimistic and say a couple months, but I, it, but I don't know, it's really up to, up to each dev team. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so George, how did you first hear about Akash? Oh man, I think, I think, back in the summer, last summer of twenty one, I was summer fall of last year. I was on Osmosis and I saw um, AKT, and um, kind of just went down the rabbit hole of of researching what AKT did, how it did it, and. And I, from the beginning, it was like the most novel project that I had seen in a long, long time. And just been impressed with everything that's been happening and always been in the back of my mind of, of how I can use, use Akash and Akash. And then, yeah, but it's been an amazing, amazing, uh, amazing idea. Thank you. So what has your experience been with Akash so far and what are your plans from here? I think my my only experience probably so far has been using it um, as an end user, as a consumer of you know various crypto apps that have most most uh, front ends running on it, right? Um, we've we've also started looking at for some some of yield most things, but we have some security concerns that that we actually want to talk with some people about, um, and we have an internal tool that we're thinking about moving over, but it's it's a uh, when I hear when I hear Greg say things like run a validator node for eight dollars a month, I mean that that captures my attention, and I'm sure it has to capture um, capture a lot of other people's attention as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we look forward to to having you join the ecosystem. Um, so, guys, uh, there's a popular saying in crypto: "Not your keys, not your crypto or coins." and you know, with in light of the recent news and everything going on um, and this conversation, we can also think about it as not your wallet, not your not your crypto. So we wanted to discuss this idea and the current events with Greg and George and also joining in on the panel is Scott Huey Hewitson, finance associate here at Overclock Labs. Welcome, Huey. Hey there. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great today. <laughs> awesome. <is> <laughs> awesome. Um, so let's start off, guys. Um, Greg, Huey, George. First of all, what is DeFi? Huey, you want to take that? Uh, sure. Um, so in in one sentence, I would say DeFi is access to financial products without a trusted third party. Uh, what does that actually mean? Um, basically, everything that you can do in the real world, um, you know, getting loans, um, changing from one currency to another, uh, all these different things uh, without having someone else in the middle facilitating it. And George, like in one sentence, what's the difference between osmosis and something like Coinbase? Uh, well, Osmosis is run by the community and by a set of validators, which is Coinbase, as Greg was saying, a closed source system that has had plenty of problems. I don't think we need to go into those. So then, Greg, that said, is something like Coinbase really DeFi? 
no coinbase is not DeFi. it's not yeah. coinbase is not DeFi. voyager is not DeFi. celsius is not DeFi. they're centralized systems they are you know they may try to take advantage of the DeFi boom and, um you know and try to you know play into the narrative but it's not DeFi. um in the news lately we've seen a lot about these centralized exchanges feelings and like George said, yeah, there's there's a lot there. Um, and then just yesterday we had more hacks. And what are your guys' view on that long term? Is this a seismic issue that's going to continue? How do we solve that in a decentralized world? Like, what's the outlook here? All right. So if you look at it's kind of everything, this whole like narrative building has a tendency to club everything into like one like category right so we talk about like hey uh, the systemic failure of voyager and celsius and 3ac which are essentially like finance companies that are supposed to be regulated that was not regulated you know these are centralized companies right um failing uh and the fact that the web3 and the DeFi gets the blame is just ridiculous because if you look at it only thing that withstood the 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 debacle and the, the entire collapse institutional collapse is DeFi. DeFi stood really well. Aave didn't liquid you know collapse. None of the protocols that the CFI, the Voyagers and, and the Celsius were using collapsed. In fact, when they have to go file uh, bankruptcy and restructuring, they have to pay back the DeFi loans they took first because without that the uh, collateral wouldn't be uh, released, right? So it's amazing to see DeFi actually standing ground where CeFi failed or, or centralized finance failed, right? I think uh, people that are going, you know, people that believe in this decentralized world are going to stick. The tourists are going to leave and it's just going to get better and better and better. Um, and unfortunately, people are going to lose money and that's, that's, that's sadly market way of correcting things. Uh, and we're going to see insecure bridges, like, you know, no matter, the bridges have to burn, right? I mean, there's really no other, bridges are insecure. This has been a, a, you know, war cry uh, from a long time we've been talking about, and, and I think that's where IBC is going to take the center stage uh, when bridges are going to fail. Um, I mean, there's no saying what new vulnerabilities are going to come in, but, you know, uh, the, the way to succeed in this in this new wild world is to make sure you're you're well diversified in terms of your secured signature, you know, all that good stuff. So, um, uh, you know, you're well spread across. Your risk is is highly well managed, and all that good stuff. But yes, we're going to see some exploits before we can see success. And Huey, I know this is kind of your jam. Do you have anything to add to that, or did Greg kind of cover it mostly? No, I mean, I think I think Greg touched on it great um you know i i think the thing here is you know those celsius voyager 3ac like that's you know people deposited their money into those under the guise that it's DeFi. it's you know because you 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 put your money when you put your money into you know like a, a protocol like ave or compound you know you're 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 staking in something like it for a lending protocol right you put in eth so that you can pull out um you know USDC or other stablecoin, um, you know, and, there, and there's yield to be had on it, or you can go use that and for different different other opportunities. Um, but you know, when they're putting money into Celsius, and it's like, 
I'm, I'm making numbers up and it's like, oh, you're getting 15% back on ETH. It's like, well, where, where is that happening? You know, so it, it just, when you don't really question where the yield is coming from, I think, um, you know, it, you can go down a, a bad path. And I, I think that's, you know, what happened because, yeah, they're just being really risky and, um, you know, caught up with them. But DeFi held up great. Yeah, and this is a classic example of a closed source system failing over an open source system. Right? DeFi is open source. When you put your money in there, you know exactly where the money is being spent on. Uh, you know, we realized three A's, I mean, the, the Voyagers and the Celsius are essentially banks. I mean, they took the deposits and invested in heavily risky assets with leverage, right? They played around with fire they and just, got burned. The, the Celsius just took everybody's money and then gave it to Suzu and he just spent it on yachts and... Yeah. Uh, and, you know, 50 times, you know, uh, leverage and blah, blah, blah. And, it all and, no, and nobody knew that, right? And that's because of yeah. closed source system. Uh, just because you have juicy yields doesn't mean it's safe. And just I think that people are going to realize that. And people are going to realize the importance of open source systems. And people are going to realize the importance of DeFi. I think DeFi is going to get very, very strong. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm super bullish, actually, looking at, uh, at all this. And DeFi withstood without regulation. The CFI needed regulation. Where's SEC and where is, you know, where is FBI and the DOG when we needed protection from these Celsius and, and the uh, warriors of the world, right? Like, uh, SEC is going busy after, like, uh, super busy with enforcing through... Uh, you know, uh, through uh, regulation to enforcement instead of adding clarity, but they left Voyagers and the and the Celsius uh, a free ride. Uh, I think that has to stop, right? We need regulation. We need regulation to protect people from from these quasi banks and not from DeFi. You know, uh, DeFi is doing very well in terms of protecting its users. So Greg and, and everyone here, Huey, George, what is your position on Web3 projects and teams, platforms, validators, preaching Web3 while running on Web2 infrastructure? I mean, is this, is this a form of hypocrisy or what's the importance of leading by example here? Well, so, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to this from um, somebody who's running on both Web2 and Web3. At, at the moment, um, we can't do everything in the Web3 world, even if we wanted to. So it's not a matter of being hypocritical. It's just a matter of the tech stack hasn't caught up to, to what our um, ambitions are, right? So Web2 is, is sort of a stepping stone. We are actively researching and working on on how to move everything that we do on chain most likely as our own um, layer one network that that being said being able to use both web 3 and web 2 gives you a ton of flexibility and allows you to have the best of both worlds yeah so i mean i understand the capabilities issue right i mean uh we can get into details as to how but i think where my, my concern is not not using Web2 classic infrastructure, I think over-reliance on a single host, right? I mean, uh, if you were to use cloud infrastructure, I'd rather prefer putting your infrastructure in a bare metal server sitting in a secure uh, data center that you have complete control over uh, and not Amazon. I mean, I just, uh -huh. 
think, you know, using Amazon is uh, for a Web3 project is just fundamentally wrong. Over-concentration of power. Uh, sure. You can do pretty much anything you want to do on an Amazon, right? And that's where Akash comes into play because Akash is not really a cloud. It's a market, right? If you're using Akash, you're actually deploying on a Equinix or a OVH or a, you know, someone's home service you choose to. But the point is, it's not really a uh, a single provider, but rather you're going to a bunch of metal, uh, bare metal providers, right? Uh-huh. Granted, Akash is hard to use. Uh, there may be concerns about security, which can be addressed very, I mean, with a conversation, really, with me or with, with people, so I can show you under the hood what's happening. I think, like, but again, I understand you. You know, infrastructure usage is a, is climbing the credibility ladder. Uh, so more people use Akash, and more people get comfortable using Akash. Uh, I think, um, uh, you know, I think it's going to uh, reveal themselves. Fortunately, we don't have any security had any security events so far, and I want uh-huh. to keep it that way. Uh, I think we. Akash in itself has a much more secure design than than uh, than Amazon's being being open, being hyper sort of like focused on uh, you know um, uh, selecting the best infrastructures and also like not automating a lot of things that people expect, but rather giving the flexibility to the developer to choose a security architecture that they please. So like with remote signers we have for validators, right? When I ask you to write validators on Akash, I'm expecting you to have remote signers somewhere else. So your security footprint is significantly lower where you can run the validators in a zero trust environment, right? So by choosing a cache, you're forced to make these trade-offs uh, to be more secure. Uh, and that inherently makes the application more secure, right? So we're not promising all these bells and whistles people promise. The more things we, you know, protocols provide, the more attack vectors there is, generally speaking. Right? So, but I think like, yes, uh, I feel like, Using Amazon is a hypocritical uh, element for any Web3 project, uh, period, right? Just, uh, I think Web3 projects should not use Amazon. I'm not saying ask use a cash per, per se, but they should not use Amazon. You can use anything else. Sure, sure. No, and I, and I get that. And I think a part of me, part of me agrees with you that it is, is a little bit hypocritical. And I, you know, I look at some of these monitoring dashboards that show where these validators are hosted. And it's like, like you said, 40, 60% of the validators or nodes are hosted at, at AWS. And it's like, well, cool. But like at the same time, yeah. at the same time you have, um, I'm sure you know this, there's, there's a million things to be done. There's a, a million people to talk to. There's, a million stacks to figure out and AWS is just easy. I've, I've worked with AWS probably for 15 years and it's, it's, it's easy to prototype something on AWS and then figure out how to, how to decentralize it and, and, and move it into the web three world. world. Yeah. I understand. Uh, so the, the value of choosing iteration speed over like, uh, or principles, I, I totally understand as a startup, you got to focus on iteration. You got to focus on, Increasing productivity and Amazon is a great way to start off, right? Like, uh-huh. I, I totally, I totally know you, especially if your team and people that usually come into infrastructure have some experience with Amazon, right? Yeah, so yeah, and that also puts the onus on 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 teams like Akash to make it much better. But what I can tell you is, I think we're building uh, things that we're building right now are, are heavy emphasis on on user focus, on user experience in general. The thing we're building. Uh, you know, I'm, a lot of my code is open source. I code a lot, but if you look at some of the repos we have, single single command deploys, right? From your vanilla repos to getting highly productive and into production within a single command, 
on Akash, which is significantly better than Amazon. Like like by, in fact, even better than like Vercel's or the or the Netlify. So so it's a lot of work that's happening on a, on Akash that's that improves your user experience and takes you to your next level. I think. Uh, uh, and really shows you the power of non-custodial systems, how, how beautiful they can be, right? Uh, I'm I'm very excited, actually. Awesome. With that, guys, let's open it up to any questions for Greg, Huey, or George. Um, and Greg, I know we already have some questions that have come in, both on Twitter and Telegram. Um, right. So the question, okay, so um, we have a few questions um, that came on, on Twitter and Telegram. Uh, is there an ETA on take fees will be implemented? So I talked about take income before, uh, and I talked about the current regulatory, uh, you know, uh, regulation enforcement mechanism. Unfortunately, the take income could be considered as a security, right? I mean, this is, again, in a, in a regulatory gray hole. Not every take income, uh, not every asset gives take income as a security, like Ethereum. Ethereum, you you stake your tokens and you get a percentage of the uh, of the transaction fees, which is considered take income, right? Um, so what Akash's take in, proposed take income is not very different from Ethereum's proposed take income. Um, so can someone mute their, uh, I think, new moon? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, uh, so so again, like. Um, we're we're waiting for a little more clarity from like from regulator from regula regulators to to have an idea, right? Um, but and we are looking at creative ways to sort of like not classify a cautious security. So and we and it's just a really crazy environment in the U.S. right now uh, for for anything that takes that promises, uh, you know. Uh, profits of some sorts, right? Like, so I I think Akash is getting to a point where it's getting very decentralized. So if that capability comes from a community instead of Overclock Labs team, I think it'll be better. So we're 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 working towards how we can enable that. The, the technical feature is not that complicated, right? It's, it's taking percentage of hosting fees and giving back to stakers. It's not a complicated piece of software to implement. But from a uh, regulation regulation standpoint, it's very unclear. Um, second question: Do you know how actually the value will be transferred from pool to the holders? Pool? I don't understand what pool is here. I think he makes it. He's talking about the take income pool. Oh, so maybe I just answer the question. Yeah. Uh, does the protocol have a treasury? If so, which assets does it come? Yeah, Akash has a treasury. Uh, sorry, the protocol doesn't have a treasury. I mean, the Overclock Labs, which is a company behind Akash Network, definitely, and the foundation, the Decentralized Cloud Foundation, uh, has a treasury uh, of Akash tokens, and we have several other uh, tokens that, that uh, we have positions in. Um, I don't know why you're concerned about what assets it contains, but the treasury will support Akash development over the next I mean, we have cash to support our cash development over the next three to four years. So, uh, if that's the that's the uh, uh, reason for that question, um, yeah. Oh, as you say, let's switch over to um, new new M Web three who is here on the call and has a question for us for a moment. Yeah. Hi thanks, there. Sanjay. Hi. Uh, am I audible? Yeah, yes. I can hear you. Yeah, so I got a, a couple of questions for Greg. Uh, 
so in general, Greg, you see a need of uh, tokenomics review for Akash. Uh, the reason for this question is if you look at especially the price chart and how Akash has trended with emissions and token unlocks, do you see, see a need of maybe uh, revamping tokenomics? Um, the second question I picked up from the conversation today is you mentioned, uh, you know, probably Phantom is a closed uh, source, not an open source. Is Kepler safe enough? Is Kepler also a closed source? Because our Akash is sitting on Kepler and stake with some validators. So just want to understand your viewpoint on that. Good Thanks. So, so what was the first question again? Sorry. Um, first one was on the tokenomics of Akash. Okay, tokenomics. Right, we do, we do, uh, absolutely. So does uh, Akash token economics do need a ramp up? Absolutely. The first requirement, uh, uh, first big change we have working, uh, in fact, uh, we have a model and we're working towards implementing the model, is stable settlement. So, a, you know, settling in AKT is not very practical because AKT is a volatile asset, especially if you're looking for long-term uh, hosting, right? Uh, and to get into that, today I, you know, I say I'm hosting a website and I want to host a website for a year on Akash, right? So today Akash price is like, like say, $1, right? And we and the provider and the, and the payer agrees we're going to do 10 AKT, that's about $10 for the whole period. And tomorrow, Akash price drops to 50 cents. Because the provider now is losing money, right? It's not great. And vice versa. Akash goes to $2, now the tenant is losing money, right? So we need to have some sort of a stable settlement mechanism, whether that comes in a stable coin or any other mechanism design. Uh, that is what we are exploring. If you introduce a new coin, obviously, we have depegging uh, issues. Uh, so the new coin will be burn and mint. We looked at helium really seriously. Uh, we feel like it's risky to do a second token. So we're going to keep uh, AKT, but we're going to use uh, implement stable mechanism using dynamic pricing. So that big change is coming very soon. Uh, I, I would expect at least in the next three to four months, right? So second, uh, re second uh, point we're exploring very deeply uh, is uh, uh, potentially provider incentives, right? So today providers are, it's, it's amazing. We have no incentives for providers. Without incentives, people, there are about 50 providers, right? All providing, you know, uh, all providing compute. Some of them are profitable in their own ways. Some of them are not. And we want to ensure there's a, there, and we have churn. We have people leaving, uh, you know, Akash providers because they're not making money. Because Akash doesn't provide incentives additional to whatever they're earning right, directly. So I think having some sort of relief for these providers is essential for us to build a massive network. So we start an experiment with early provider incentives. So even if your utilization is low, uh, you can get uh, paid for staying online. And that gives us an opportunity to focus on tenants, which is demand, which is much harder than providers today. Uh, so we can be hyper-focused and we can actually, as we increase the demand, the incentives can, can, can go lower, right? So there's a, these two big changes are coming to Akash Economics uh, very soon. Uh, so stay, stay tuned uh, on these uh, new uh, updates. When it comes to wallet security, is Kepler secure uh, versus not secure? Now, it's closed source, so I would 
you know, give it the same treatment as a closed source software. And uh, what I can tell you is if you move your funds in from a hot water to a cold water, it's a lot more secure. Now, AKT on Kepler um, is a lot more secure than your normal bridges or any of the Ethereum place because, you know, if you look at all the hacks that happened so far, a majority of the hacks exploits like happen because, you know, the and the attacker was able to successfully execute malicious code on the blockchain. Now, Akash doesn't have that capability. Akash doesn't do smart contracts. So the chances of someone executing a malicious code on Akash itself is uh, you know, not, uh, it's zero, right? Which is great. So you're not going to have the risk. And second, uh, supply chain attack. Can someone introduce a bad library into um, into Kepler and steal your funds, possible. So if you keep your funds on Kepler, that means uh, in a hot wallet, your funds are at risk. So please move all your funds from a hot wallet to a cold wallet. That means use use Ledger and you're fine, right? And uh, third attack vector I would see is we have Auth-Z, which is great. Uh, I, want, I want to start seeing, uh, and so far the implementation for Auth-Z is um, uh, it's has been just restaked, right? We draw staking rewards and restake them, which is relatively safe. But I don't know if there's you could very well have an Auth Z where you withdraw all your money, you know. So be very careful on authorizations when that gives you like full withdrawal of your all your cash. Like Yilmos here and George here was talking about, like, hey, you should have like a clear limit, right? And Ethereum is notoriously bad for this sort of like exploits, right? Ethereum is notoriously like. When Ethereum soft uh, dApps uh, DeFi products built on them, when they ask your authorization, they'd be like, "Hey, we want to withdraw all your money." And once you authorize that, and if that you know authorization is malicious, you're screwed, right? You lose you lose your money. So be very careful. I think I like the Authy uh, implementation, but the wallets inherently don't support Authy, right? So Authy well. Yeah. I just, I, sorry, sorry, interrupt you. I just wanted to add that uh, Kaku, who's with with us here today, actually did a bunch of work on Kepler. Um, to where the all of the RC grants now actually show up in human readable format about six weeks ago, so that that's that's mitigated. But you still have, like you were saying, you still have to be careful and make sure that you only grant the permissions that you're comfortable with granting. Yeah. It comes down to the user uh, user errors, right? That you got to watch out for. So uh, those three are the attack vectors I can think about. But yes, I would I would love to see uh, Kepler open source. I mean, I've been talking to. The folks at Kepler, but at the, I'm not too sure what the plans are. Uh, it's partially open source. Kepler, right? Yeah, because because we we were able to submit a PR and they took it, right? Wait, let me check. What's that? I haven't caught up with their source code recently, but let me check. I think I think they encrypt. The, um, they keep they keep like their endpoints and some of their like. API keys to themselves, but a good good chunk of it is 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 open. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. And then uh, here on Twitter, um, we had a question about uh, where can we find a list of Akash Accelerator projects to delegate tokens to if they have a validator. List of Akash validators to sorry, repeat the question again. Uh, they were asking, where can we find a list of Akash Accelerator projects to delegate tokens to if they have a validator? Mm, I see. 
Good question. I think our blog, our, our forum, forum.akash.network, and there is an accelerator page somewhere there. Um, but that brings to another very important point. I think we should do a better job in communicating who the, what accelerator projects are and what the progress is on. That's a good... Uh, on, on the uh, Akash, uh, on the, under the developer side, the Akash Accelerator, if you go on there, uh, under Featured Startups, it shows a few. Where on the forum? Uh, on so if you go to the Akash website under developers and then mm. Akash Accelerator, um, and then scroll down, then you can see you know, the featured startups. That's awesome. So I go to, go to under developers. Just yes, okay, I got it. Oh yeah, there's a whole new page I didn't realize we have. It's awesome. So I see pen registry, Praetor, Akash Lyrics there. That's cool. And then one last question about proposals. Um, this person uh, said they voted yes on proposals 21 and 15, each almost having having the inflation. And they said recently a trade-off was suggested, coding in an APR boost for holders, stake securing the chain during the hard times of FUD in 2021, never unbonding, let alone selling. Is that still a plan? Sorry, simplify the question again. Repeat the question. Um, recently, a trade-off was suggested: coding in an APR boost for holders. APR boost, okay. Stake securing the chain during the hard times. Is that still a plan? And there was no plan of APR boost. I mean, I don't think we we said we can consider drop a dropping some of the tokens. I mean, we're still considering. It's not not a plan. Uh, you know, it was a proposal. Uh, we uh, cut the inflation. That was the best thing to do. Again, like I don't like to discuss prices here, but if you look at price performance for, for Akash has been really good. Over the last, uh, uh, I would say like uh, 45 days, we we did a 100%, you know, uh, in price. And I think that a lot of that is, uh, you know, a, a good portion of that is because we cut the inflation to lower uh, uh, so that that lowers the sell pressure on on the market, right? So, uh, and uh, if as long as we keep delivering what we say we're going to deliver, if we keep getting our adoption well, and uh, we keep communicating about what we're doing, I think uh, the the price will will stay. Uh, so the best better boost is is a is a better price than a free tokens because. What we're realizing is when we give free tokens, uh, people sell that on market, especially in a bear market. And that's going to impact the price a lot. It's very important for us to hold these levels. Um, so when the bull market comes, we're going to build upon the levels we hold, right? So we got to be very careful on how we distribute these tokens. And we got to be ex extremely careful on, on uh, distributing the tokens to the wrong people, right? So. Uh, we will be, you know, we, we, we're going to make some proposals on how uh, the provider incentives. I think the initial set of incentives are going to come from overclock strategy itself. It's not going to be on the protocol, uh, on protocol, because we want to experiment, we want to learn uh, uh, on how these uh, incentives are, and the success of the incentives, like we did with CAB. But once we uh, can um, prove and have enough data to be able to, uh, you know, to have justification to do a more on-chain uh, spend, we'll be able to do that. So I don't think there's a, there's a 
quoting an APR boost. I, I don't know. So yeah, I did. I did ask a question if if people wanted, uh, you know, on on Twitter, uh, and and overwhelmingly people said yes, reduce the inflation as much as possible. And we did that and worked out really well. Awesome. Well. That's about all the time we have today, unless you have anything else, Greg. Um, anything else before we jump into saying goodbye and all that? Uh, yeah, so we, you know, I think we're, we're seeing a lot of good work done by our insiders and our vanguards, right? This is our community program that we have. I highly, uh, if you want to get involved in our community, please go to akash.network slash community. Please apply there. Uh, become an insider. Uh, this is the time we need your help. Uh, it's a lot happening at Kaj. Every week I'm here talking to you every Wednesday, right? Giving you the updates. I, I, I'd love for you to participate uh, in, a, in a more closed uh, setting. Uh, so please go check out our community. And also, you know, if you uh, we're hiring, we need people, uh, engineering and, and marketing folks. So uh, go to akash.network slash careers. And uh, if you know anybody, please refer me. Thanks so much to George, Huey, and Greg for joining us on Spaces today. And a huge thank you to all of you for joining today or listening to this later. Um, before we get together next time, join us tomorrow, Thursday, on Telegram at noon Pacific for an AMA with Citadel One. We'll be giving away 300 AKT for best question. Join us next week, Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Same time, same place for our next Akash Weekly Spaces with Greg. Tap that set reminder button as soon as we post it. Again, if you have an idea for a project on Akash, join our grant program. Check out our latest YouTube video on Akash Network um, on use cases for ideas. Then check out our video on the Akash Accelerator. Like, subscribe, and tap that little bell icon so you don't miss the videos that we have coming up for you. And like Greg said, uh, find out how you can spread the word about Akash and help us grow by becoming an Akash Insider, akash.network slash community. Thank you guys so much for joining today's event. Thanks again, Greg, George, and Huey for spending time with us. See you guys next Wednesday with Greg at 8 a.m. Pacific. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Akash Weekly with Greg Asuri featuring George Jeckner, CEO of Yieldmost, recorded on Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing All aggressive, insane from all directions Smoke blows in when I start a session Blink canvas, blaze up the handlers Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse But in the universe, I'm just writing some words Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern For certain, got the taxes included Acting like a writer, never felt secluded
to get into the shit and line them up Just another fixed game of try my luck Go lighten up dog. it could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse Then you're dead or putting in new speakers It's a toss up, driver or just tweakers Don't stress yo, I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake, off the cutting floor we take A little bit of poison and put it in the cheesecake Tastes great, less filling, less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the blocks came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal, I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble Spaces.